Hey everybody, this is David here from Team Powerhouse Global Banker with the PowerCast from Team Powerhouse. Very excited to share with you today our newest and most exciting guest. Her name is Jennifer Crowley, and she's an amazing woman. She's an insurance phenomenon with Rheology Insurance and been about 16 years in the business. And we have many things to talk about today. If you have not joined us yet live, a couple places to please go. Obviously, Facebook, you have Instagram. And then you have, of course, YouTube, literal YouTube channel and subscribe. Go to Team Powerhouse Real Estate, go and subscribe. We look forward to seeing you there. Please check us out on our TikTok channel. We love, we have 100 members now, 100 members on TikTok. Very exciting. The last uh, two weeks, I think we picked up 35 new ones. We're looking to hit 1,000, which we can go live over there on TikTok as well. Team Powerhouse sells on TikTok as well. And uh, again, Jennifer Crowley, Rheology Insurance, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, don't be nervous. <laughs> hey, we're live. The worst thing we say a couple things we're not supposed to say. It's just kind of oopsie, you know, no big deal. So in homeowners insurance, we're going to talk about, you know, a buyer goes to buy a house. And uh, one of the most important things I tell people is you guys start shopping for homeowners insurance, right? Yes. Why, why does someone would need that homeowners insurance and buying a house? So a lot of people actually don't realize insurance is part of the process. They wait until the very last minute when a mortgage broker is saying, oh, by the way, I need a copy of your home insurance. So really, you know, if any damage happens to this brand new investment that you worked so hard to get, the most important, the most important. Uh, a lot of people wait years to be able to buy a home. And then the last thing they think about is how am I going to protect it if something goes wrong? It's very important to have good insurance too, because a lot of com a lot of people will go. I've been to Keiko. I'm going to use it for example, yeah. and it's very inexpensive. This is the most important investment of your life. Right. You don't have to go and spend a ton of money on insurance. People are very confused about what insurance costs are. We're going to go over a bunch of things over here. Let's talk about. Let's see. When should a buyer start talking about insurance? When buy when they're going to buy a house, right? Obviously, sorry. No, yeah. Um, I recommend when they're going through the home inspection. So you have an offer accepted, you're moving along, now you're getting those inspections, you're finding out, am I buying this house? Is there anything wrong with this house? What are my costs going to come up? That's a really good time because that's when I'm going to start asking, how old is the roof? How old is the furnace? Uh, what kind of condition is the house in so that I know where to place the insurance for you? That's a good time to find out from your home inspector, by the way. How old is my room? <laughs> what am I in for? Um, because some things can be negotiated, right? You can Absolutely. go back to the seller and say, hey, I'm going to have a problem because the roof is at the end of its useful life. Right. And if a house has a useful life, we consider five years or less typically by an inspection company or an insurance company or a mortgage company. And the mortgage broker and the insurance agent are very much tied in hand and yeah. talking to each other because what kind of documents does the lender actually need from you to make that whole thing happen, what's it called? So we have to provide an insurance binder. So that's showing insurance is in place, it's effective for the closing day, and it either has to be paid in full or we can send an invoice. So we work directly with that lender to make sure we're providing the accurate documentation. Also part of your closing costs, if you have closing Correct. costs, right? Yep. That's why it's important for the lender to know what's going on through the process. Mm -hmm. um, so homeowners insurance, again, there's lots of different kinds of homeowners insurance when buying a house. And depending on the size of a house, maybe what what kind of goes into the different 
pieces to the puzzle of homeowners insurance when a buyer client? I mean, how about different towns or size of house? Yeah, great question. So I would always say, like Dave and I could be buying the same house, right? Yes. We will pay completely different rates for insurance. Now, why would that? Is that because <laughs> I'm a guy and you're a girl? Well, it could be. No. It could be, but I had a home claim. Yeah. I had oh. a really large home claim. Yes. Recent in the last couple of years, and you may not. Right. So that claim may be affecting my future rates. Also, so hold on a second. If you've had a home before mm -hmm. and you've claimed an insurance claim because you had a problem, let's say a storm or something happened, mm -hmm. your rates are going to be higher. There, that claim will follow you for five years, regardless of where you're living. Okay. And when we run loss reports on the homes, we'll also see claims on the house you're about to buy that weren't yours for the past five years. So let's go into that. That's a great question you pointed out because I have a client that was looking to buy a house or he's buying a house, right? And they found, or the sellers told us in advance, mm -hmm. there was a house fire here about a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And in the house fire that was there a year and a half ago, they had, I don't know, maybe $25,000 worth of claims, which is great for the buyer because they're buying this house, it's got a new roof, it's structurally sound, they've got all these great things in the house. Does it affect the buyer's insurance or not necessarily? So this is a perfect example. The I, I sell for multiple companies. And what I've learned is that not every company wants the same risk. So I've had an underwriter at company A say, we don't care about prior claims. They weren't yours. So we can just ignore them. And I had a, another underwriter for the same house, same client at company B say, no, thank you. We don't want to insure this house because it was a large fire that was not a total loss. And we're concerned about the water damage and potential mold by the fire team putting out the fire. Which <laughs> in actuality is kind of silly, right? Because let's be honest, if a house has been, first of all, when it gets by, when it's an insurance claim, they're bringing people in there, right? You have a licensed contract. Well, which, well Okay, talk about it. Sometimes, yeah. So, well, okay, that's right. Because sometimes sometimes people some... will do work themselves. Okay. Sometimes they don't get proper permits. Oh. So what this this particular underwriter was concerned about was we don't have all the documentation that everything was fixed and fixed correctly. So I just I don't want to insure this house because huh. of potential future problems based on this. So, so okay, that's so that, that company said no, thank you. Where another company, I was like, okay, here's your rate. You know, That's 1500 1200 whatever. So let me ask you a question. If a seller mm -hmm. has a fire, has it done documented by licensed contractors, right? And they're able to provide that to the buyers, and they can, if they have any kind of questions for you as the insurance agent or the insurance people that you go back to, and they see all this stuff, and they go, oh, okay, great, green light, I love it. It makes it easier or better for the buyer and the insurance company? Yeah, any. I always, a lot of people, I'm a consumer, let's just put that out there, right? I bought a house, I have insurance, I shop for insurance <laughs> every year, I shop around again. Um, but you want to be honest with the company that is going to be paying the claims if there's damage. So the more information you can put on the table, the better decision that company can make when they're assessing the risk. Do I want to insure this? And at what rate am I going to charge for it, right? And the worst they can say is no, or they come back with a higher rate and you go somewhere else, but at least you know for sure. Right. So in the case of, say, a trampoline we were talking about earlier, ah, or I have a pit bull mix, I'm just going to say it's a lab 
don't do that. Right. Because if the insurance company comes out and does one of their inspections and sees your lab pit bull running around your yard, they could cancel you. Or if your dog were to ever bite somebody, they could deny the claim because they wouldn't have insured you had they known the dog was there to begin with. All right, we just segued into some that's kind of really hot topic, right? Yeah. Because being honest, hot topic. <laughs> hot topic because of being honest over here in the insurance business. Uh, not to mention just being honest in the insurance business and getting an insurance for your home, but if you found a house that had some claims, it doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna have a higher insurance necessarily. Not necessarily. Nope. As a matter of fact, the home is now newer and has more right. positive so it's money. Yep. So the house has probably even maybe less insurance price because the fact that it's, it's a newer, less likely to be a problem again. We got we have to do an accurate replacement cost and a, a new replacement cost. So lumber prices were on the rise. Yes. Well, even when I had my home claim, my kitchen was previously updated in the eighties. It had that sheet laminate counter, that one piece sheet laminate matching backsplash. It was beautiful. Um, but now it's got the subway tile backsplash, it's got the granite counters. And if I were to replace my kitchen now, I need more money than if I were replacing the 1980s kitchen. So anytime Absolutely. you're doing things and updating your home, you want to update your insurance. That makes good sense. By the way, viewers, if you're out there watching, you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask us questions over here. Instagram, Facebook, please don't hesitate because we have Jonathan Bias over here with looking for people with your questions. Ask Jennifer, who's very smart. Uh, and maybe you can trick her. Maybe we can take a chance and see if she doesn't know something, which I doubt. Jonathan, any questions so far that you see on the screen at all? Nope, nothing. Okay, good. I just want to make sure keeping an eye on that because I remember missed things before I got hackled last time. Why did I answer the questions when we were being asked over here? All right, so let's talk about the pit bull thing. Let's talk about animals. So you own a home. Yeah. You love your pit bull, and pit bulls are wonderful dogs, and they're dogs that are loving and caring. They have this bad reputation. Rottweiler, one of the most beautiful dogs in my opinion also. Uh, German Shepherds, Dobermans, all these dogs which are quote unquote aggressive, but they're not really aggressive unless you teach them to be aggressive, right? Um, they're the most amazing with families and kids typically because they're very protective of family. But insurance companies look at them and they see potential hazards because of a past reputation. So how does this work? So, and again, I'm not licensed in claims or actuary duties, right? We're but, not licensing claims. But they they will look at the risk and the claim payout. And okay. when, at my prior company, there was a dog bite claim. And I will never forget this day because the claims agent came around with a photo of the judge. The guy was in his mid-20s. He had a dog bite to the face. Oh, and wow. after several surgeries, and I don't know what breed it was. I doubt it was a trial, but I don't know what breed it was. After several reconstructive surgeries, he still had an issue with his face. And I don't know how much he was trying to sue for, but this this home policy had $300,000 of liability and they paid out the maximum on the policy for a dog bite. Okay. So they're very, not minor claims when they happen, and that's why the companies have a stance on what are the statistics, what are the chances, what are the payouts, and they decide do we want to insure or not, and then they just have a list. So pit bulls and Rottweilers, I don't believe I have any company unless it's a certified APC service dog. But I network with a few agents that can. So when your That's clients call me, if I have to say, I'm sorry, you have a pit bull, I can't insure you. Your next phone call, you're going to get a yes because I have people in my network that can say yes when I have to say no. Can I tell you from a personal experience that we had two Shih Tzus? Mm. And I will tell you that the Shih Tzus are more aggressive yeah. as dogs than the bigger dogs. These little dogs, they think that they're big dogs and they're very like 
protective yeah. or angry or whatever to call them. And the little kids come up and they want to play with them. They kind of, you know, play with them a little harder because they're smaller. And then, boom, they bite them. And then right. you're like, oh, my God. Right. You know? But these dogs don't have lots of an insurance ticket situation. Either. Right. And that's not by the breed. But the next follow-up question is, is there any bite history in the past? So any dog, regardless of the breed, if there's bite history, you're going to have a problem getting insurance. That's never happened, by the way. <laughs> you have a question? We do have a question. Um, does a buyer have to supply claim info? Who's asking the question for each other? Uh, Patrick Pagano. Pat Pagano, thank you so much for asking this question. Does the question again, please, Jonathan? Does a buyer have to supply claim info? No. Part of when we're running the quotes, we run what's called a clue report. So that's the claim history report on the buyer, on the insured that we're about to write insurance for, but also on the property that they're about to buy. So these, even if they say, no, I've never had a claim, it will still show up on the clue report if there was a claim filed. So that's where we can actually comb through and make sure we have the right information. That's very interesting stuff. And that goes back about five years. So that's the timeline. All right. So animals are a major question about insurance. Underwriting question for sure. Absolutely. Not always a problem. Right. Damage to a home from the weather. Always a question about fire damage in the past. It doesn't happen as much that I hear about fire as much. Water damage is something yes. I have a big one about. All these big storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, or you know, just the fact that we have hydrostatic pressure and heavy rains for a couple of days and people have water in their basements. Yes. Now, I can tell you from my experience through home inspections, home inspections, there's so many ways to eliminate water from the basement. Make sure your gutters are pitched away. Make sure your gutters are clean. You know, make sure to do things that are very simple to eliminate the opportunity. But if you get water in your basement, right, and you don't have a basement system, because we're going to that one too, um, what does the insurance company say? So here's what you want to remember. Insurance is there for something that happens. It's not a maintenance product, right? right? You still as the homeowner need to maintain your home and take care of it and get your gutters and clean your gutters and check on things to make sure they're not going awry. But when we got all this rain last week, when Ida came by, um, you know, a friend of mine had two and a half inches of water in their basement because their sump pump broke. Mm -hmm. So they had a system in place to pump water out in the case of this heavy rain, and it failed. So that is something that you have to have coverage on your policy that's not, it's not an automatic coverage. So I've actually seen quotes come to me to, hey, can you compare this? And it'll say, like, water backup declined. So you want to make sure you have water backup, sump pump failure coverage in order to have anything covered for that type of I water. I want you to know that in my 16 years, and I say this to you very mm -hmm. sincerely, I never knew there was an opportunity to get insurance on a basement system that you have in your house to protect you in case, in case the battery backup doesn't work. That's phenomenal information because yeah. I know I have a basement system. When I bought my house in 2008, 2010, we got hit with rain, hydrostatic pressure, boom, basement's flooded. Disaster. Our neighborhood came over, helped us out, got the water out. In the meantime, like, holy crap, we have to finish our basement again. So now I go to the insurance and, and you have to fight. And, and, no and there's a limitation. So some companies, it's either you have the coverage or you don't, and it pays $5,000, $10,000. Like, it's, it's a yes or no question. Okay. Other companies, you can take it and you can increase it up to sometimes up to a hundred thousand. Wow. So it depends on the company, it depends on what their their offerings are. I'm not sure if I'm gonna let this ask this question, I'm trying to interrupt you. Mm -hmm. 
what insurance companies specifically do you work with, if you can answer, that do you work with based on what is damaged when you have a sump pump that you can get coverage for? All of our companies, we have about 10 companies in Connecticut that okay. we work with. Okay. All of them have an option to add water backup. No kidding. All of them. I don't sell a policy without water backup. I have never knew this or yeah. Okay, guys, if you're listening at home and you own a house, you purchased a house with us or your realtor, and you have insurance in your house, if you're not finding out about this, you need to make sure that tomorrow you pick the phone up, call your insurance company and say, hey, can I get water backup damage or for this, future damage, for future damage <laughs> in my house, Dr. Ray? And if they say no to you, here's what I'm going to say to you. Number one, I'm going to recommend calling Jennifer Crowley. Jennifer Crowley with Reality Insurance. Let me just put a little plug for her because she's wonderful at what she does. Jennifer Crowley, C-R-O-W-L-E-Y. <laughs> Jennifer, right? Or Jen. Yeah, yeah. And a phone number for Jennifer to reach out to her. Maybe you have questions. What's your work number to reach out to you? 855-809-3191. Uh, That's my direct work line. 855-809-3191. 3191. Three, 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 one, three, one, three, one, <laughs> it's a good thing we have multiple people here to make sure we have the right information. Flooding is not covered flooding. by flooding. So when you think of flooding, I think of rising water outside, right? right. You get and it, I live in Meredith and downtown Meredith flooded when Elsa came through. Okay. So we are not a coastal town. Right. We're in the middle of Connecticut. So right. you don't have to be waterfront to be in what's considered a higher risk flood zone. Okay. Right? Yes. Flood insurance is completely separate. So, so if you have give up flood insurance, we're talking specifically not flood insurance right now. We're talking about a house that's flooded. water backup. Water okay. backup. You had rain. It's been coming or snow over drain, rain time. Your drain gets clogged and it's backed up. Your sewers get clogged and they back up. Ah, sewers also. No so it's thing. covering a system that is meant to keep water away that fails, and now the water's coming in. That's what the water backup will cover you for. I don't want people to get confused and think, oh, I have water backup, so I'm covered for flood. Completely different type of water. That's game. great information, yeah. and great to call Jennifer up and ask you these questions. Jonathan, I'm sure you put it on the screen for me to see. It's sitting there. It's not like you have to blink and forget what they said, and you've got it in front of them, right, Jonathan? Yep. Awesome. All right, so any questions you have, please reach out to Jennifer. She's there at least five days a week, and she always returns her phone calls and messages. Um, let's talk about, okay, so flood insurance, let's talk about flood insurance specifically now, because you are, we sell a lot of houses. Yeah. And as realtors, when someone wants to buy a house near the water or somewhere that quote unquote is considered an uh, AE zone or uh, X something zone or whatever you want to call the different places they have for flood, there's different costs associated to flood insurance. But, I've had lots of great experience with you specifically with flood insurance situations where a house is deemed or shown to be in an AE zone. Now, as a realtor, we're not experienced in flood insurance. We're not supposed to talk about flood insurance. What we're supposed to do is get you to the professional. Because when I had a listing that came up with an AE zone, and I called Jennifer right away because I saw this, I've never had flood insurance before. I've never owned flood insurance. There's no way it can be flood insurance in this house. But the backyard or piece of that property comes in with the new maps now mm -hmm. as their flood insurance, what did you do? So a lot of times, especially if somebody's been in their home for a long time, maybe they don't have a mortgage anymore 
or the flood zone changed after their mortgage was paid off, nobody's sending them a letter to say, hey, by the way, the flood zone changed, right? right. And you don't have a loan anymore. Right. Or maybe it's an estate, it's an inherited home that they're trying to sell and they have no idea. Or it's an investment property that they just bought it to flip it and they had no idea. So you can come up to this when you're representing the seller, where now the buyers are saying, wait a minute, I need flood insurance, I wasn't expecting that. And you, know, you have to factor that cost in for that mandatory insurance now can the buyer afford this house so flood the ratings are actually going to be changing october 1st again again but completely different they're going to be getting and i'm still going i'm taking i i probably have eight hours of training so far and i have two tomorrow like i'm getting so much training on it because i really want to wrap my head around it as much as i can to explain it better it's almost like the flood business is a business that's growing and they're looking to make some money back from all the money they lost well they're trying to charge you a more accurate price or are they trying to take advantage of us no Good. So, for example, I did two quotes this past week, and the new rating has brought the cost down. I like it. So, what I want to say is, if you're buying a home and you're closing in September, you're going to be in the current flood program, so it is what it is. But if you're buying a home and you're closing after October 1st, you want to make sure you're getting an accurate current date says effective October 1st rate and then as people start renewing their policies so a year from now they're automatically going to be given the option of the new rating or the old rating and will be charged whichever is more favorable they're not trying to charge you more for no reason but that things- is important information are you watching you listening please make sure you let us know because this is stuff that i mean yeah. as a buyer or a seller or a person who knows somebody who owns a home period you know somebody who owns a home your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother. I guarantee you what information will come here today they've never heard before or don't have expertise advice or information on. Um, I want to make sure that people understand this whole flood insurance thing because I know personally from an experience where I had my clients talking to a couple different agents. One agent said $10,000 for this policy for flood insurance. People that fell apart, my buyers buying this house, it was crazy. You talked to them. You, you did some serious investigation. Uh, you found out that the house, do you remember the property we were talking about without seeing the actual address of the property in East Haven? Yeah. Um, and the information they had in the records were wrong. I mean, it happens where information, that, tell me. Well, I've had to do, uh, I've had to request some map researching to clarify. And the other, there's a lot of variables. If you have multiple offers and one's a cash buyer, Again, nobody's making them take flood, but if they have a mortgage, they're being forced to. They won't get the loan without flood. So that's going to differentiate you know, what their out-of-pocket costs are when they're paying their offers in. Absolutely. But then a lot of lenders, if a corner of the property is in a special flood hazard zone, but the structure of the house is not, most of the banks aren't requiring them to purchase. Although at that point, we would recommend that they still do because they're obviously very close to that risk. And the flood insurance policy, even though it's slightly in there, is so insignificant. Right. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was about 650 bucks for the year for flood insurance on a property that before that was going to be a no-sale right. disaster. Right. Jonathan, do you have a... Yeah, I have a question posted just now. Who was the question from? Uh, Patrick again. Does... Pat Magano, nice job buddy, with these questions. Thank you so much for being here live with us on the PowerCast. The question is, does FEMA play a role with flood insurance? And then, after, and then after this question, we have to do the wheel. 
Oh, wow. We're running that quick. Okay. We'll yeah. We're going to be Jen Proud of Part 2. Okay. Yes. So FEMA That's what we say to the, all the guests. The um, government-backed flood insurance. So our agency only sells and offers the FEMA government-backed flood insurance. There are other companies that you can get what's called private flood. Okay. But I would always recommend you speak with your lender to see if there's any requirements. Will they accept private flood? So a lot of times... And I discourage this greatly, but a lot of times sellers will say, I got a quote for what flood would cost for my house. And they put that out there for the buyers to use when they're factoring in their costs. So you say it's a good thing or a bad That's thing? That's a bad thing. Why is it a bad thing? Because, because if they're putting the buyers, out, if, they're, if the seller's putting out a quote for private flood that they just went and got, and the buyer has a government-backed loan that won't accept private flood, you're telling that buyer that this is what flood's going to cost, and that flood is not available to that particular buyer. So a buyer, it, so as a listing agent, what's the best way, so obviously calling you first, number one. Number two, in you looking at the property for potential flood, you're looking at it much more broad, right, I'm guessing? So that based on if it's an FHA loan or a conventional loan, let's just use those two examples, or a VA even for that matter, uh, you're going to give me a price based on uh, no. Okay. No. So as the seller, you only want to put out there the facts. Okay. So if you have a flood policy in place, you want to provide a copy of that okay. because that buyer could take your policy as option one. Oh, okay. Right. But it may be too high. Maybe it they, may be too high. Maybe they didn't know the things that you're talking about, and they got. Stuck with enough with a yep. with a flood So policies. if you have an active policy, you can share that policy. But better than that. And then have the buyer call me so I can get no real rate. <laughs> there's just there's so many variables. So you don't want to put out a quote if that buyer is not going to be able to get that quote. Right. You're almost like false advertising a price, and they're making a, a huge buying decision based on the price you're providing, and it could be completely inaccurate. And I've seen it be too high, and I've seen it be too low. Let me ask you a question. When it comes to insurance on a home, mm-hmm. how does credit play a role? So we run what's called an insurance score. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we have to check prior loss history and insurance scores. It checks for the prior claims. A more favorable credit score will sometimes lead to a more favorable insurance score. But we do not ask for socials, and we are not doing a full credit check like your lender is. Well, let's just say you're, okay, forget the seller for one moment on the past history. You're a first-time buyer. You've never owned a home. You have no history of insurance at all whatsoever. Actually, the only insurance you may have is a car insurance. Right. Okay? And with car insurance, if you've had a good driving record, does it help play a role in your insurance on a house? Some, some companies are starting to look at both when they're factoring in rates. Okay, that's fair. But a lot of times, it's um, they're usually two separate complete policies that we can try and get some multi-policy discounts if we package them together. But usually, not every company is going to say, oh, you were in a car accident, so I'm going to give you a higher rate on your homeowners. That's good to know. So you could have had a poor driving record and still get a great insurance policy for your house. You might not get that multi-policy credit because you, you might not want my auto rate if right. you're driving. Right. So let's uh, say that you have a great driver group. Mm-hmm. Uh, your head's in the thing with it, by the way. I'm sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may have a great driving record of four. It has nothing to do with the social insurance. But let's just talk about the insurance. So you get homeowner's insurance. Mm-hmm. If you have the ability to combine home and auto, you typically will save. It can be upwards of 20, 30%. Wow, so 20, 30%. It depends on the company. Holy moly. A lot of times, these first-time home buyers, they have car insurance to just get their 
car registered and they don't realize that now if they're in a car accident, they don't have enough coverage there where they could lose their house. So we'll have to set up another session. I, I can talk insurance all, listen, this all day. This is so impressive, everybody. I hope you're listening and watching and understanding what's going on here because there are so many things to cover. We talked just about two or three right now in about 30 yeah. minutes time. We'll definitely bring Jennifer back on to talk more about insurance for the opportunity in buying a house. Obviously, auto insurance. There are so many questions regarding flood, past experiences the house has had, but not to fear things. Right? The most important thing is the buyer. Don't have fear. Don't oh, listen to, I'm sorry to say this, but don't listen to mom and dad because mom and dad have bad experience. A lot of parents, a lot of kids, and I say kids, I mean anywhere between the age of 22 and 45, okay? Yeah. I still consider myself quote unquote a kid, right? And when I say that, that people are buying a house for the first time, and they hear these stories from people in their family that, oh my God, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's not so bad. I, if I ask you this last question, house is about 2,000 square feet. The purchase price, let's just say, is $400,000. Is there a ballpark on insurance? <laughs> is there a ballpark on what a monthly, yearly insurance would be? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say there are too many variables. And like I said, you and I would have completely different prices. Okay. So first time home buyers, I love to work with first time home buyers. I like to educate and I don't want you to ever feel like you're being sold. I want you to learn about the process. So anybody that has questions, I would be more than happy to kind of handhold and walk through. I think it's important to make sure you guys not only educate yourself as much as possible, but this is the one of the most important conversations you can have learn about when it comes to buying a house talk to your realtor make sure they put you in touch with listen your realtor is going to put you in touch with the right people if you cannot trust and loyalty are the two most important things in this process buying a house selling a house if you don't have the trust and loyalty with your realtor to be making, making recommendations to you to the best people about information to help you succeed the problem starts right there yeah. make sure to call jennifer her numbers on the screen ask the questions friends, family, your parents, make sure that they have the right insurance for themselves as well. And thank you so much for having me thank today. You. I really appreciate this opportunity. Uh, we have a couple things to talk about for you. One is we have a spinning wheel. We've got a lot of people who have a chance to win this tunnel over here. I want to thank everybody for who's been winning this past couple of weeks. I was away for the last two and a half weeks in Florida, so I apologize. They will be going out this week to you, the tumblers, number two. And number three is I want to thank you all so much for following us, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Make sure to follow, share our presentations. We hope that it's very much education to everybody here, you know, so they can learn things. And we learn things together over here as, as, as much as fun as we're having over here too. All right, let's go to the wheel, Jonathan. Heather Knotts from our most amazing tumblers who has been providing this for us as we've been doing this having fun together. Uh, all right, Jonathan, let's finish with let's see who wins this week. I can't see. All right, and our winner is Shalom Lamel. Isn't that your dad? That is my father. Is my father allowed to win? I don't think my father's allowed to win a Tumblr. No, he's not. You cannot win a Tumblr. That's ironic, but I appreciate the fact that he won. So we have to go to another winner. Another winner, let's see. Watch it be Danny. Elvia Perez. I think she's from TikTok, but I will double check that. For All you. right. Let's see her name again over there. I can't see it. Elvia Perez. Elvia e Perez. Thank you so much for following us over here on Team Power Ask, the Powercast. 
Any more questions on the giant before we go? Nope. Excellent. Though Patrick says it's rigged. <laughs> I promise you it's not rigged, Patrick. <laughs> and there are so many uh, clients and friends who love to win. The fact that my father's name popped up, that's kind of funny. I love the fact that my father watches us over here, which it's is great. It's great to have your parents supporting you. <laughs> Hopefully my family is supporting me. I think my son over there is watching along tonight. I hope he is. Uh, but more importantly, thank you all so much for following us over here on the PowerCast. We're going to see you next week, next Tuesday, and we'll look forward to having Jennifer back on the show. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Have a great day. Bye. Talk to you soon.